0: Brent Anderson. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Um,
1: all right, greetings and welcome in on a Monday morning. A new week is here. Post holiday, it is November 27th, seventh, twenty. 23 right now in the capital city. We are at 20 degrees on our way to a high today in the 40s. Glad to have you back with us. Hopefully you survived. I guess if you're listening to this, you did survive the uh the long holiday weekend. And yeah, you, you nothing like those Mondays immediately after whew, the long weekend. I mean, there's a it's kind of a it's a it's a mixed bag, isn't it, on these days. While of course there is the difficulty of getting back into into the routine and into you know after days of perhaps sleeping in and uh days of laying around, at least that's what I did a lot of uh and and just getting back to it all. There's just obviously the 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 hard, difficulty saying goodbye to the holiday lifestyle. On the other hand, on the other hand, there's also at least for me, and I don't know if you feel like this or not, there's also a part of me that's like yeah, I probably need to I probably need to start doing something productive in my life. I probably need to stop eating all day long. <laughs> uh those things would be a good just health and sanity decisions for me. And so, like I said, it's a mixed bag getting in here and, you know, getting back on getting back on the horse of of working and routine and all of those things right now. I don't know about you guys, but we did, like, kind of a fridge cleaning last night, and we were like, okay, some of these, let's just be real about about some of these leftovers, okay? (laughs) Let's be real about whether or not these are being consumed by anyone or not. So, made some difficult decisions with the family, um... And we just, you know, we moved on. We kind of turned. I think that was kind of us symbolically turning the page from Thanksgiving. So
2: we don't have any leftovers. Oh, like, like okay, we're, good we're, job. We're done. are done. They lasted uh, to lunch yesterday.
1: Okay. Well, then you've kind of, you're kind of in the same you know different path, but you're in the same endpoint here. You've said you've said goodbye to the uh, to the holiday uh, and everything that comes with it. Mark, how was your uh, how was your Thanksgiving holiday? Quiet. Quiet, good, very. That's a good one. Quiet. I would not say mine was quiet. I would definitely not (laughs) say mine was quiet. So I'm a little jealous of you. But good, glad to hear that for
3: you. Was it hot on Thanksgiving Day where you were? Let's see. Cargo shorts. I
1: I wore shorts. I wore shorts, and I think I made the right decision. Even though there were some trips out to the car to get things, I even had to make a run back home during it. Where was I uncomfortably cold? For a short period of time, yes, was that a price worth paying yes. for being comfortable the rest of the ninety eight nine point five percent of the day? yeah, it was worth it it was It was definitely worth it. No, we had a, a great Thanksgiving day on at my uh, aunt and uncle 's house um, went there and then got together with some of the other side of the family um, my my other side of the family uh, on Friday. Now, the problem with problem with friday is we had let's a, just
3: skip friday well me, i mean yeah. the gnashing of teeth and the wailing and, well the
1: the difficult thing is we thought it, you know we thought we would do a little get together just like afternoon on friday uh turn the volleyball game on and those sorts of things what what we for for whatever reason i mean i didn't plan it but i got invited uh it was at my mom's house. I didn't realize I'd be coming, you know, less than a half hour off of just a, an extremely, <laughs> extremely traumatic emotional situation for myself, and I mean, in the in the depths of self pity that I could have been, and so times two. Actually. Apologies to any family members that talked to me and I didn't seem like the most gregarious version of myself during that time. Yeah, and then and then we watched that and then there was another one and then my and then, you know, I was just, and, and, and your daughter had to be My daughter was there was was in that space too. I did I wasn't quite emotionally hard hit by the volleyball team because you know still alive still mm-hmm. the favorite to win the national championship. So, I was able to take that one a little bit more in stride, but
2: that's the beautiful thing about about what our jobs are is when we get to family events all day Saturday. Caleb, what happened yesterday? I'm like I don't know. I saw the same thing you guys did. Yeah, you tell me. <laughs> like, like I, I, you, you tell me what you were seeing at home.
1: Yeah, I would. Uh, I, I, I handled the volleyball situation okay. I would not say I handled the football situation okay. I would not say I. I wouldn't say you did either. I wouldn't say I dealt with that in a healthy, hey, they,
3: they took healthy it, way. They took it right to the last play, at least. Sure did. <laughs> oh, again? sure did again. Sure did. Um, yeah.
1: So anyway, we can we can skip over that for the time being. <laughs> I, I mean
3: if if they could if they could block two others, why not that one?
1: Yeah, I I wondered about that too.
2: Because Iowa brought in a kicker that nobody else had ever seen because it was his very first field goal attempt and of the entire Joe, season. To, first time on
3: the field. I don't wasn't want to it? think about this. Yep. Oh
1: I don't I honestly I I don't mean this to sound mean spirit or anything like that, but I am I'm looking forward to a very tamped down emotional weekend next weekend. That's what you Yeah, you're right. Nebraska Creighton is that's on Sunday. That's what you think. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, maybe <laughs> we'll, this summer we'll get here eventually, and we'll have
3: one of those. Some, some volleyball. Get underway this weekend. Yeah, yeah Friday. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not worried about that. Yeah, they, they'll... Uh... No, but you'd get pretty... I, I you get ramped up in the in the very big volleyball games. I do. I would say I don't well, get how like, much bigger is
1: this tournament. I don't I mean, think Jack's will, necessarily
2: getting ramped up for Long yeah, Island the,
1: University. Long Island might be. I mean, no offense to the Sharks, but they maybe maybe the not worst team Nebraska's played this year. Maybe they, w- they will be. Yeah, in the in the tournament. So. Anyway, never say I, never. I know I'm not going to do that because then a lot of people mad at me because I just I'm yourself. just, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. I'm not. My level of stress for that is not high, but my is for for Sunday. But anyway, um, and then we had, and then I on Saturday I went down, went down to Omaha. Had a um, had like a, an open house for somebody that had gotten married a while ago. So I drove down there, came back Saturday night. Uh, at about left, I don't know. I left there at about eight o'clock and got back to Lincoln. And I was like, "Whoa, what happened to the streets while I was gone?" Yeah. Ice skating rink out there Saturday <laughs> night. I came in on 84th off the interstate, and there had been some kind of a accident or something. And there were 68 accidents on Saturdays. the cars were just backed. Up, I mean, backed up to the point that you couldn't even get through. They didn't even have the lanes cleared, so I had to turn. Left off of eighty fourth and go through that little area where there's the k f c long john Silvers and go behind that and then and then go turn back onto eighty fourth over there by high v and I'm waiting to turn back on eighty fourth and it turns green and I start to go and this big SUV just slides right through the <laughs> intersection never never could stop that was ba- that was bad for a while there on saturday night yeah. um i had my my son had friends in town you know Thanksgiving is all the high school kids are back together for the first break and I texted him I was like man if you go out tonight it is it is really bad it took us
2: we came back from Beatrice Saturday evening. it took us uh, about an hour 45 almost two hours to get from Beatrice home really we were going 35 most of the way Jeez,
1: see I didn't notice it on the interstate I mean obviously because you're not really stopping and going But I don't think I, it might have been that slick, but I don't think I ever realized it on the interstate until I got, it wasn't until I got into Lincoln that I realized, oh my gosh, it is, it is bad out here. See, I
2: liked it a lot better when we got into Lincoln. Really? It was that bad on the highway? At that time of night, yeah.
3: Well, you got more snow to the south, too.
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't even know. It was,
2: it was just, and it was still snowing as we were coming back.
1: On the interstate, it was just one of those deals where you're running the, is there's enough? I don't know if it, you couldn't even see. It. I think it was not even snow, but it was like sleet or, or some kind of precipitation. But it would cover your windshield. But your windshield wipers would just kind of smear it around. So it was one of those things where you used like a gallon of windshield wiper, uh, windshield wiper fluid through the way home. So, yeah. Hope uh, hope everybody stayed safe with uh, with that. But yeah, I'm I'm not surprised, Mark, when you have those numbers of accidents that there were there. It was. It was just and incredibly, the slick. and then first at snow end, it's of the a, season, you're as right, and it's like the first, the first winter driving situation as well. But it was deceptively slick with everything hey, that went it's on. Bumper car season, yeah. And then we got woke up woke up Sunday morning and had kind of the Christmas feeling with the with the nice little uh, white covering. And by about one in the afternoon, it was totally. Totally gone, totally melted, no, which is fine all with it. me. Almost all of it in, in some areas. Uh, there's something left, and and now we've got sunny skies in 40s, maybe 50s for the entire week. So chilly this morning. Chilly this morning. Wind chill 10. Okay. Chilly this morning. Uh, right now, I've got 19 degrees in the capital city, but I've got some
2: good news for you. Yeah. Since we don't have another tailgate, that means the scores will never get updated with during a tailgate. But Kevin. Does enough to secure first place. Okay. Me picking opposite of Kevin did not go well. <laughs> All I got was the Iowa game. Okay. You got Wisconsin, Northwestern, Florida State, Michigan, Iowa, and a perfect score on the money, which is four points, correct? Yes.
1: Nobody's gotten one in, like, years. That gives
2: you nine points on the week and enough to shove you up there into second place
1: hey how about man that is sad that we don't get to have kevin and, and mike in here for me to really enjoy that and, and then uh we'll mike to.
2: got three which was enough to tie me so we uh we tie for third or how last, far was I away
1: was i from kevin
2: you were you were only four points away and he got four points on this last wow,
1: week what, that would have been an all-timer all timer. If I had pulled that off, well,
2: and, you, and what is it? If you go perfect, do you, you get a bonus? But you you missed your.
1: I don't know. I don't know that there's if you go perfect. It's that, it's just the, if you get the score, you okay. hit the score perfect. Okay, because the, the only thing you, you missed for this last week was my upset. Was your upset? Come on, South Carolina, get it done. Sad, very <laughs> disappointing. Well, that's exciting. That's exciting. There to hear. you go, um, Mark. Anything else in in the news other than coming into the holiday week here and
3: the weekend that was? A little uh, action last night on the streets of Lincoln. Uh, pursuit, stolen vehicle, seventeenth in Washington, about nine twenty. State trooper saw it about forty minutes later. Fourteenth in Fletcher uh, began a pursuit. Crashed at twenty eighth in Fletcher. Two juvenile females. Oh, really. So minor injuries. Okay, they are facing charges. So that's uh, that's most of the action. But a lot of, uh, as I mentioned, a lot of accidents uh, during the snowmageddon, mm-hmm. uh, which wasn't really snowmageddon, but people right. thought it was. So right. uh, not a lot going on. You know, we're going into uh, shopping season. Yeah. Big time shop local. Saturday was. Uh, Shop small. My, yeah, my
1: family did small business Saturday. We went out—not to brag. We went out there and supported local on on Saturday, so that was that was good. I don't know. My wife, my wife just goes into goes into Christmas shopping mode. Very like I just kind of sit back, and she becomes a tornado of Christmas shopping <laughs> in the days before and after Thanksgiving. And so I bought a couple of things, but like last night, I'm talking to her, and she's like, "Yeah, we're pretty much done at this point." I was like, "Really? Okay." I like the we. Well,
2: yeah pretty much done.
1: well and the one thing that she can do is uh buy my gifts for her uh so and that'll happen and and just and and trust me that's not going to be done until there's uh, a great chance i'll buy something on christmas eve great
3: chance i i always uh when my uh, that's how i do it it's also more fun when my girls were teenagers i just have them either order something or uh just take the uh, credit card and go buy yourself a present make nice. sure it's wrapped and from me nice I like that. They always got what they wanted. That's hey, good. There you
2: go. That's that's the end goal there. Everyone feels special.
3: Yeah. Absolutely. Without a doubt. And I didn't even know what they got what I got 'em. So <laughs> often the case. Yeah, uh
1: it was my daughter and I it's it's interesting because my daughter and I went out uh, on black Friday morning got up at about i don 't know we left the house probably about seven thirty just for just for fun, just for the experience, just to get out of the house. we went to go do some shopping with because everybody was every all these places were open super early, and what it looked like to me was that none of these places got the crowds that they thought they were going to get nope. they were all overstaffed. Uh, which was nice if you were out there shopping, it wasn't a lot of long lines or anything like that. But is everyone still prepping for the heyday of Black Friday and then just kind of like that's what it seemed like? Like the the brick and mortar places just they still thought people were going to come and they just they weren't. I mean, we went to Walmart. We went to the Walmart in Southwest Lincoln, um, and they had. Empl- I mean, they were so ready for people. They had employees just lining the aisles, incredibly nice, offering to help you, saying hi. But like tons of them, there were employees just that were obviously there to be ready for crowds and to do this things. they were just lined and and nothing to do other than just say hi to people uh, went to went to shields and they had like like the uh, behind the register they had like the lineup you know when they put the um, I don't know. It's uh, the barriers up, basically. So your line winds through like some the stanchions? Like yeah, like it's in a, in an amusement park line. They had those out completely unnecessary. <laughs> like there was just it was just a one one or two person waiting to get to a register every single time. Um, and same thing at Target too. Went th- went there and it was just it just looked like everyone was ready for it to be more busy than it was. So I thought that was interesting
3: we'll see if they uh make adjustments going forward of course uh, you know with thanksgiving earlier this year we got a little longer shopping That's period so maybe people just weren't as as yeah. uh, excited to get out in the cold weather it is weird we still have three days left of
1: uh of november here before we're into, actually into december so yeah it's about as long a break as you can get between thanksgiving and christmas and of
3: course the uh, holiday season kicks off this coming week with first sunday and advent so a lot of the uh, uh, churches were finishing up their church year as of this past sunday moving moving forward so all right and
1: uh and request line friday and request line friday is coming up this week uh we got to tell people what the theme is and i haven't thought of it yet so I think we'll stay away from the Christmas music it'll, for now.
2: It'll probably just be open, a welcome back. Maybe just a welcome back. Yeah, welcome novelty back Christmas
1: songs. Oh, we,
2: we'll get... We'll... Putting in my vacation for this Friday <laughs> <Yeah>. now.
1: <laughs> no, not this week, but uh, we will give you your opportunity for Christmas songs. Yeah, I have later. a headache Friday. <laughs> All right, it's uh, 623, 20 degrees in the capital city. More from Caleb coming up, including exactly what that path looks like for Nebraska volleyball in the NCAA tournament. You'll see LNK
0: today with Jack and friends on KLIN. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln, and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. But but first... Nope. Just feels like
1: something's missing. We could probably tell, tell people who who won the prize with our over-under. Did somebody have 23 exactly? Yeah, they did. They did. Let me me go find (laughs) that. I don't know why I'm doing this. I mean, I'm happy for them. Don't get me wrong. Very happy for them. Just wish the 13 and the 10 had been reversed. Uh, But, yeah, our final week of Fantasy Huskers, we asked how many total points would be scored between Nebraska and Iowa. And for a while there, it looked like maybe – the number might be a little bit higher.
2: I, okay, so now I remember as soon as the game ended, everyone, oh, final score, This uh, not going to a bowl game. I quote tweeted the the graphic that Kenny Larrabee had made on KLIN, and I said, anyway, Russ and
1: Adams is your winner. That's right. I, I think I saw that. <laughs> Congratulations, Russ. Uh, Russ and Adams, you are, the, uh, you are the final winner of Fantasy Oscars. You pick up the... Gift certificates to Alumni Hall and to Valentino's, and big thanks to Alumni Hall and Valentino's for partnering with us throughout the football season on Fantasy Huskers. Uh, enjoyed that, and uh, thank you for all of you playing and texting furiously and uh, listening at six thirty-five and eight ten and. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, if you're listening, you did get a chance to make a pick and maybe got a chance to win. But we'll try and uh, I mean, no, no guarantees. But I'm hoping maybe our uh, sponsors will come back for this next year and we'll give, do another shot at Fantasy Huskers because that was a lot of fun. A little something added extra to the game. So there you go. That is it. That's a wrap, Caleb, on Fantasy Huskers 2023. All for this edition. Yep. All right, time for our sound off, and uh, as I get us organized here on this, and a lot of news over the long weekend uh, out of uh, the Israel-Hamas conflict, uh, including a pause and the release of additional hostages. So um, let's first of all just get the very latest on this, apparently this deal that has been brokered. Uh, where you've seen the release of some hostage, you've seen a pause right now uh, for the time being in hostilities and exactly what the terms are, how long this is going to last, etc.
4: The final group of hostages under this current agreement should be free in the coming hours, but we're told there's a hitch. Reuters reports both Israel and Hamas have raised concerns over the list of names each side is planning to release. Qatar, the mediator of the deal, hopes things will be smoothed out soon. Despite this, Hamas says it's keen to extend the pause in fighting and free more Israelis. Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu had said the deal could be extended, but warns when it ends, the military campaign will resume with full force. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. Quick update. I looked at just the number 13.
2: Brent is our winner. He said 24 because it adds up to 23. We said total points.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Brent Brent's our winner. Congratulations to Brent. Good job, Brent. All right. You uh you are the winner uh on Fantasy Huskers. So uh anyway, back to back to the the update there. Uh so on the on the first day of the pause, twenty four hostages uh were released. Uh and as as was said, there's expected to be uh some additional some additional ones here. Um very soon th- this morning as well including uh and there was in the in the previous group a four year old American uh, whose parents were both killed in the october uh attacks as well some of the hostages who are now back safe have been released have been talking a little bit about the conditions they faced as hostages in uh in the gaza strip
5: some family members of released hostages are speaking out about the conditions they endured while they were being held many only had plastic chairs to use as beds some had to wait hours to use a bathroom and several say they were given just rice and bread to eat Two women each lost about 15 pounds over their 50 days of captivity. One of the hostages, an 84-year-old woman, was immediately hospitalized in poor health after her release. One woman who was freed before the current ceasefire said she had been held in tunnels under Gaza. She said the guards told her they are people who believe in the Quran and wouldn't hurt us. Jill Nato, Fox News. All right.
1: So, um as as you would expect an incredible incredibly traumatic experience being in that situation and obviously beyond beyond the things like not getting food, not having a comfortable place, having to wait to use the bathroom, you don't know if you're ever going to see, you know, the the people you care about again and you're you're carrying these completely traumatic memories and experiences that happened for a lot of these people where they saw their family members killed right right before this as well so just um a horrendous situation here with this um you know i guess and then just in terms of in terms of some of the the very latest things um apparently israel has said they've given hamas the option to extend the truce uh it sounds like they're wanting to do that perhaps that is um is a possibility here with this um and hopefully they're able to get more of these hostages. You know, it's it's interesting to wonder how they're how and who is deciding which of the hostages are released and on what basis that is happening exactly as well. As you've seen, obviously some people, I believe there were some Thai nationals that were released. There have been some Israelis. You had the uh, American child that was that was released as well. So that is the latest out of that, and of course that developing hour by hour. Moving on to other items right now, Uh, the Monday after Thanksgiving, known as Cyber Monday. And I I mean, yeah, admittedly, used to be a little bit of a different deal when the place you had internet access, or at least high-speed internet access, was work, (laughs) and you didn't have that at home, or you had to get on the dial-up, and it wasn't particularly... Was it particularly easy maybe it's say in nineteen ninety nine? You didn't just have it on
2: your phone at right. all times wherever <laughs> right. you are.
1: It was a little bit different when the the term Cyber Monday was coined, but nonetheless it's still it's still kind of a big deal. At least they the uh, the the retailers that are online are trying to make people say hey oh we got big deals here again if you didn't get enough of the deals friday here they are again
6: the monday after thanksgiving is the first day back to work after the holiday for many americans it's also cyber monday the phrase first coined in a 2005 press release from the national retail federation which noted stores were seeing an increase in online sales on the day also revealing consumers at the time had faster Internet at work than at home Men were getting some virtual shopping done during the workday. But over the years, it's expanded to feel more like Cyber Month as stores and chains offer deals throughout the season. According to the NRF, over 71 million are expected to shop on Cyber Monday this year. Kristen Goodwin, Fox News. Do we need to call it?
2: feeling like cyber month or do we just
1: call it this is how we shop it, it, i mean it's the same thing with black friday isn't it um that the black friday de- you'll get you'll get ads in october that are advertising black friday deals that you can currently get so whatever it's all in i suppose it's all in our favor right i guess be, if, I if guess. you're getting if you're getting good deals but it is i mean. It is still apparently the biggest U.S. online shopping day. Um, The estimates from Adobe Analytics are $12 billion outlay by U.S. shoppers today, which would represent, if that actually comes to pass, that would represent a 5.4% increase from last year. Uh, Average price cuts that you can get today, 30% on electronics, 19% on furniture. Uh, are the biggest significant one um and then you know amazon walmart best buy they're they're all the ones that are really getting getting in on this thing as well with some steep discounts as well i don't know how different it is than the black friday than the black <laughs> friday one Though, so in all honesty i don't know uh all right other items hey if you uh if you drive a honda especially a Recently uh, released a fairly new Honda. Yours might perk up for this. Apparently a recall here for certain Honda vehicles.
5: Automaker Honda announcing the recall of some 2023 and 2024 HRVs and Accords over a missing seatbelt piece. A rivet that's supposed to help restrain passengers in a crash. The missing seatbelt connector could increase the likelihood of an injury during one. As of October 16th, Honda said it had received several warranty claims, but no reports of injuries or deaths from the missing seatbelt piece. Those affected by the recall can get it replaced at no charge at a local Honda dealer. Sue Guzman, Fox News.
2: Hey, when you're going through those checks to, to make sure the car is all ready to go, I think that seatbelt piece is probably pretty high up there on your <laughs> important things to make yeah. sure this car has before, before we give, ship.
1: Before they give the stamp of approval, <laughs> the Honda stamp of approval, send it out the Jeez. door, check that seatbelt. I had a. Uh, the, the engine is there. Okay, good. Yep, it's got, got place for
2: tires. Awesome. And oh, yeah, the seatbelt, all of its pieces are here.
1: I, I've learned that if uh if a car gets recalled that make sure you get it into the dealer and get it fixed. Now, it was not anything Caleb as serious as a seat belt that wasn't working or, you know, a engine that was exploding or something. Uh but for those longtime listeners of the show, you'll remember that I used to be very braggadocious about my uh two thousand two Hyundai Sonata with Jaguar stylings. God, that sounds just so much like you. Um I it was a quality car i you know you can tell when you when i drove it around town people knew immediately i liked the finer things um from affluent east lincoln and and it looked like a jaguar but it but it costed like a hyundai right <laughs> uh but then this is part of the reason why it cost what uh what it did uh it, it got a recall because the like I don't even know the the coating, the covering, it foil isn't the right word but it kind of is like foil that goes over the the door handles started to peel up. So you got like silver plastic door handles and that start started to peel up and I was like, "Okay, that is that really a is that really something I'm bringing this thing in to get repaired? It doesn't I don't even see it happening." Well, eventually it started happening. And what I did not what I did not factor into my analysis was that when you've got that coating, that's that silver coating over a door handle, and it peels up, the edges of it are unbelievably sharp. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you're having something that you grab really quickly with your hand and you slam on uh-huh. there to get there. So yeah. I learned the hard way. If you've got a uh, if you got a recall, just go ahead and get it done for safety's sake, even if it sounds like safety isn't going to well, be a that, big issue.
2: That's one of the things when you talk about those like older cars like now you go all right well kind of the the plastic's a little beat up yeah i think about the 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 cars and especially the trucks around where i grew up i was like these things are like <laughs> one piece of metal
1: it, <laughs> yeah, they, no, they, they took one piece the of trucks. metal and
2: bent it all into oh, the, the form
1: <laughs> yeah it, those things are dangerous it's a cage i remember driving a truck at one of my workplaces that uh that the the, the Basically, the the floor had worn worn off. It looked like you could see the r- road passing under you if you looked down, which was always, <laughs> which is was, which was always kind of amazing. Yeah, those some of those trucks. I remember one Definitely. of my one of my this, buddies had an old jeep,
2: and yeah, you'd look down and go, "That's the road."
1: Yeah, that's the road. Those steering wheels always seemed like they were m- like harder and more rigid <laughs> than normal steering wheels. Um, yeah. Does this anyway. have power steering? Yeah. Whatever power you got will steer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's finish on this. The weekend box office. What were the top movies... This, uh, this holiday weekend, it felt like a lot of the studios were really, obviously, Thanksgiving weekend's a big movie weekend, so it was kind of a down month, it felt like, but this week they, uh, they kind of shot their shot a little bit. So what came out on top?
5: The Hunger Games, the ballad of songbirds and snakes, continues its reign on the weekend box office, coming in first place during its second weekend of release, pulling in $28.8 million.
7: I have summoned you all here for the 10th annual reaping ceremony in which we choose two children from each district to fight to the death in the Hunger
5: Games. Napoleon, starring Joaquin Phoenix, comes in second place, bringing in $20.4 million. It also was the top movie globally, with $78.8 million. Disney's Wish is in third place, with $19.5 million, the animated film coming up short as insiders projected it to rule the Thanksgiving weekend box office. And Carrick Fox News.
2: Why do you laugh every time you get to like the Hunger Games?
1: Uh, uh, no, I mean that one was funny because I don't know if that's—I've seen all the Hunger Games movies. I don't know if that's a young version of the Snow Guy, if that's what it's supposed to be. But, but um, I don't think that's supposed to be that that
2: character because that's the the actor who played. Oh my gosh, I feel so bad that I don't know his name, but he played
1: Tyrion in, in Game of Thrones. Uh, Oh, you lost my ability to help you with it when you went to Game of Thrones. <laughs> but the way he said that, it sounded like he was, he sounded like he was Dr. Evil and, and just, I mean, I don't know, for some reason that, I mean, listen to the this. The Hunger
5: Games, the Ballad of Songbirds <laughs> and Snakes continues its reign on the weekend box office, coming in first place Hold during on. its wait, second wait weekend to of this. release, pulling in twenty eight of million million. Just- I have
7: summoned you all here for the 10th annual reaping ceremony. In which we choose two
8: children from each district to fight to the death in
3: the Hunger Games.
8: That sounded like Dr. Evil!
2: <laughs> Liquid and, hot magma. And the winner will get one million dollars. Who's to fight to the death in the Hunger Games? <laughs> they got freaking lasers.
1: <laughs> Don't tell me that didn't sound like Dr. Evil. It definitely did. Well, now that, like, the way you put a little twist on it, sure. All right, that's it for the sound <laughs> off. Tom's talk is uh, coming up next. We got twenty degrees chilly one in the capital city. It is six fifty one on Lincoln's News and Talk fourteen hundred ninety nine three K L
0: I N. It's time for Tom's talk on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three K L I N. That unmistakable
9: sound will be ringing all across Lincoln through December twenty third. The Salvation Army's Red Kettle campaign is underway, and it has helped people in need in Lincoln. For more than 100 years. Salvation
6: Army has been established in Lincoln since 1888, and we've had some form of a kettle campaign every year since then. And, you know, you see it out at the holidays, you know, around Christmas time. We've got the collection buckets out in storefronts with our community partners, and the money that's collected there helps us serve people all year long.
9: Salvation Army Captain Kelsey Marino says the Red Kettle Campaign is their primary fundraising effort, and it provides programs and services for families. In need throughout the year. A lot
6: of people are very familiar with our Thanksgiving box program, where we're providing Thanksgiving meals, Christmas meals, toys for kids in the community, and that's just actually a very small part of what we're doing. We're seeing uh, people in need every day of the year.
9: Marino tells me the support you give them by dropping coins into the kettles is so crucial because need knows no season.
6: So when somebody walks into our office in August and they need emergency food pantries or somebody comes to us in October because their light and their heat is in danger of being shut off. The money that we're raising during the Red Kettle campaign is supporting needs like that all year long.
9: Marino says your donation also helps support emergency transportation resources. They provide bus passes and Gas vouchers for people experiencing financial difficulty who need to get to work, a job interview, or make their medical appointments. Hundreds of Lincoln residents are able to get to where they need to go because of the donations to the Red Kettles. Money raised also helps support their youth outreach and education programs. In addition to the financial support, Marino says they need volunteers to sign up to ring bells at each kettle location. We
6: have 37 locations around Lincoln where we place a red kettle that needs a bell ringer. And our hours for bell ringing are from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. That's thousands of hours available for volunteers to come in and and take a two-hour shift is what we ask.
9: While some people ring bells on their own, Marino says there is strength in numbers
6: we actually encourage families to come out and do it as a family activity people love to see kids at the kettle ringing the bell kids really like to make noise and so putting a bell in their hand they kind of just go for it and have a lot of fun that's a great activity for service groups we get a lot of uh, school clubs that will take a day at a kettle it really is for anybody who's willing to do it
9: marino says in order to reach their tree of lights campaign goal of six hundred seventy thousand dollars they need to make sure that no red kettle it's empty.
6: If we have a kettle out there that goes unmanned, it's really not going to generate really any kind of meaningful income. But when you have somebody standing at that kettle ringing the bell, greeting people as they walk past, we're going to receive so much more income from their shift than we would have if that shift had gone unmanned.
9: She says the two hours of bell ringing at one of their red kettles will provide a Thanksgiving meal for a family in need. And she says it's not just a bell, that's the sound of hope. If you and your family and friends want to take a turn at one of the kettles?
6: It's actually really simple to sign up. We have a website, register to and you can go on there, search which location you would like to ring at. It's a simple online process to sign up. You get an email reminder. And really, all the training involved is if you can stand there, smile, and ring the bell, you're more than qualified.
9: With everyone's help, Marino tells me she believes they'll reach that $670,000 goal.
6: I'm confident. I know that this is the number that we need to raise to- to continue to deliver the level of services that we have been and to continue to meet the rising need in some areas. For instance, our food pantry numbers have absolutely smashed last year's numbers. There are so many people who are stretching their dollars as much as they can and they still need that extra help to make sure they can put a meal on the table.
9: Marino is amazed by the generosity of Lincoln Knights who continue to step up and help them help those who are less fortunate.
6: I'm just incredibly grateful um, to be in such a wonderful community that wants to support those in need. It is just an absolute blessing to see the response from those who are able to help to make sure that those who need the help can receive it.
9: In addition to the red kettles, Marino says you can also donate online at
0: lincolnredkettle.org. Hear Tom's talk Saturdays at noon and Mondays at 6.55 or listen to the podcast anytime at KLIN.com. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is K Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. 19 degrees, 708 on this November
1: 27th, 2023. Jack Mitchell along with Caleb Henry, Mark Vale in the KLIN newsroom. Helping getting you, as we do it as well, back into the flow of things. The Monday after a holiday weekend, after a long weekend. It can be a bit of a grind. can be a bit of a grind. But uh, we're doing it with you here this morning. Glad to have you with us on LNK today with Jack and Friends. Uh, Coming up about a half hour from now, we will have our morning drive countdown. The five things people are talking about today. Uh, A little bit later in the show, Tim Ruza, Mike Schaefer are scheduled to join us. Um, Well, Caleb... This is the last Monday where uh we, we get to look back on a football game as we normally do at seven ten. Mm-hmm. And I would almost rather not in some senses just because it was it was so wildly painful yet predictable for Nebraska fans it was uh it was an experience that they've had time and time again frankly over just the last couple of weeks multiple times this season oddly the way the game ended mirrored unbelievably closely the way two other games ended this year um and we were talking about a week ago today at this time Caleb which was hey in, there there's a problem finishing with with this team and with this program that spans multiple years, uh, multiple coaches. It's and that was that was again sort of shown, I think, on on Friday. And look, it's not that there aren't other issues that need to be addressed. There are, but until you've got you've got the, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if you just it's as simple as calling it finding a way to win, learn to win. Calm under the, calm under pressure, whatever it is. Until you can do that, none of the n- none of the micro fixes are going to matter uh, during these seasons when you're in close games. And it, they showed it when they've got a two possession lead. When they're you know the, when the defense has to come out against Illinois and against Purdue in a game where there's a little bit of a cushion. It's not down to the last minute where it's do or die. Right at that moment, they performed incredibly. Mm-hmm. They performed incredibly well. But then, offense and defense against Minnesota, against Maryland, against uh, Wisconsin, and then against uh, Iowa, it was the same thing. It was, whether it be offense, defense, game management, when you got into crunch time in the final minutes of a game and one play is going to make or break that game, the play wasn't made, mm-hmm. on, on any, or the call wasn't made, any of them. And it's, it's too many times to be a coincidence, and I don't know how you fix that exactly, right? Without it actually happening at some point, and it's like every time, every time it goes bad, it makes a harder hole, a deeper hole to get out of, as well. And hopefully, another year, hopefully, you know, whatever the turnover, the changes, those sorts of things can get that out of the system. But I'm done believing that it just changes automatically because a season or a coach or players change. Mm-hmm. It's too, too frequent, too many times the The numbers are it's, i mean some of these things are like flipping a coin twenty times and getting heads every single time right it's it's just too much to to be a coincidence so in, in, incredibly incredibly i feel bad i mean I feel bad for everybody I feel bad for all the players involved the the obviously the the fans, everyone else because it's it's a brutal situation to go through this week after week after week mm-hmm.
2: yeah it's remember when we go back, you went perfect you only played three games in October and you felt kind of good coming out of that saying get one get one of the final four but we had all recognized that there was the potential with the teams that were in front of Nebraska to win all four or lose all four and like you said it's the the flipping the coin and well you got heads each time lost by three points three points overtime and three points. Like that's that's just not a thing you're going to see anybody do. And I know you had the had the team a couple of years ago go so many one possession losses. Yep. But even this put put that to shame with the way the games ended. Three straight the three straight games ended where your last offensive possession, you threw an interception, you had a couple of different walk offs, you had one game where in in some of this a little bit retrospect, some of this in the moment as well, but You go back a couple of games, and you go, well, there's one game where you wanted to kick the field goal to take the lead. And then the next game, based a little bit off the previous game, but you wanted to try to go for the win, not kick the field goal, go to overtime on the road. And then you get to this last one, and in the moment, I'm thinking, you got the interception, there's 31 seconds left or whatever, you're on your own side of midfield, run out the clock and get to overtime. Their offense isn't doing anything against you. Like your, your offense is doing fine. Get, get rid of the clock and go just play offensive possessions as you can. And you're doing really well. Hits a guy in the chest with a pass. Like there are are just things that it looked like the end of game situations, not just from the player's execution, but also maybe a little bit of whatever that goal was for the drive. Maybe didn't match the exact situation based on what the previous game and how that game had gone, which I I don't know how how you do that when the opponent is different, your venue is different, the the stakes are a little bit different. But you get through all of that. I think we can we can recognize at the beginning of the year most people said between 5 and 7 and 7 and 5. You ended up 5 and 7. And it stinks the way it happened because you lost the last four after feeling really good for a little bit, winning 5 out of 6. Mhm. So so you felt good there for a little bit, but it but it was bookended with with some stuff you didn't like. The two wins to start the year, the four to end the year. But now you turn that attention to the transfer portal opens this next Monday. Obviously, you might want to go get some people, but also you want to retain some people. You you showed some talent in some places. The early signing day is coming up. That starts December twentieth. You turn towards twenty twenty four and say, if this is the typical Matt Rule year one, where it was one or two wins between Temple and Baylor, you got five to start this one. And now you're not going to have a division in 2024. How can you carry any of this momentum without getting those extra bowl practices in the month of December? Maybe you feel good about that, but just the way November went, it's still sour going into the off season.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree I agree with everything you said and and you know, um you you hopefully hopefully have you come out you come out next year and and get some wins early. Maybe that builds up the confidence. Um you got a schedule that's going to allow that that same thing and hopefully that alone takes care of some of these these um kind of clutch issues that the program seems to seems to have right now. But yeah, yeah, I don't even I don't even know like you're right Caleb I mean 5 and 7 5 and 7 for me felt like the bottom end of of what the most realistic scenarios mm-hmm. are I think with what you said but the way that it happened it's man it's it's tough and it's it's hard for me to look at it as a success although it do, that doesn't mean that I don't think things are going in the right direction mm-hmm. generally but I mean I don't know how you come out of those last four games, right? And right. feel and have a have a particularly positive feeling. I don't think anybody does.
2: Well, and, at this and point. remember, a year ago, because cause Nebraska, what was it, four and eight last year? Mm-hmm. And so, let's say you you take that for for this year, not four and eight, but you take you got to your fifth win by beating Iowa. Like, do do we feel like there's like it's a different feeling? It, like if you would have lost one of them in October and said, okay, you got to get two in November and you you beat Wisconsin or you beat Iowa, it to me, that feels a little bit different that you just didn't go, uh, egg in yeah. the month of November where you needed one. Yep,
1: yeah. And so, yeah, you're right. Now the, the attention turns to, um, you know, I guess what happens with the staff and, and first and foremost, probably whether or not Tony White has another opportunity that he's going to take, and you're looking for a new defensive coordinator or not. Uh that could also happen with some of the other assistants that are out there right now. There's a
2: there are a weird amount. Like this feels like in the same way that you go, okay, how can you lose four games of the month of November by 3-3 3 3 overtime and three? Tony White has connections to four open positions. Yeah. Including The one where Nebraska is going to open up with UTEP because that's where he went. He went to high school down there. Oh,
1: really? I didn't even know that. That one too. Uh, Mitch Sherman from the Athletic had that one. I didn't realize that. Right. His so he's got his high school town, his college, his uh, most notable job, most extensive job as a coach, and then his most recent job as a coach. All four of those are (laughs) potentially potentially open with a space for him there. So, so yeah, you go to that, and then like you said, the way that college football goes now is right away. Transfer portal is going to be hot and heavy mm-hmm. starting next week, um, or starting in a few days. Well, and, you'll, you'll, and you're already seeing some of them.
2: Yes, you've already got people announcing their intentions to en- yes. enter the transfer portal. It Doesn't
1: technically open,
2: um, but it won't technically open till this next Monday. So at, as you go, as you go and look at that for Nebraska, it's there there are certain players that you definitely want to retain. Like you a lot of those guys on defense, if there's anyone who's contemplating in anything cuz it's a good good defense, those freshman wideouts that you saw saw all come on in kind of different ways as the season went on. And then who do who do you want to go well and then uh I think you want to really make sure you keep Emmett Johnson. Mm-hmm. as a freshman running back who's now got 3 years of eligibility remaining. And then, do you go in the portal and, and get a quarterback? What does that mean for the other quarterbacks you already have? Do you do you want to beef up something on the offensive line, which probably that was your most improved unit from the from expectations at the beginning of the year to where they ended up, even with injuries? You're you're going to have to navigate a lot of that. And then what it, what does that mean for? I mean, your main NIL collective is 1890. How powerful can that be going into this offseason? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, it's weird, you know, going into this coming season, you wouldn't have thought this coming into last season, but here we are, we're probably saying the strength of the team, at least in who's in terms of who's likely returning, and how they performed this year, is both lines, yes. the offensive and defensive line. Your, your trenches and were then probably really the, good. Probably the secondary you could throw in there as well, but yeah. That's, um, and, um, and
2: then now you, you also watch a little bit, I know Ty Robinson already announced he's coming back, and then... I don't think there had been a like necessarily an announcement for Nash Hutmaker, but but Ty kind of said in post game, "Yeah, Nash and I both uh, were both coming back." And yeah. uh, Schaefer and I looked at each other like, "That's kind of the first time we heard something officialish with Nash, right?" Yeah, uh, I wondered but, about but, that.
1: There seems to be an assumption, but, so. but
2: but if there are guys potentially leaning, especially because stuff looks weird with the COVID year, and, and if somebody red shirts, they might only play one year of, of actual eligibility of college football. Is somebody thinking about dipping their toes into the NFL right.
1: draft? There's tons of questions about who's playing and who's not, you know, next year. And yeah, it, like is can Marcus Washington come back? Does he even he seems to he didn't walk apparently on senior day. You got questions right. about um, uh, about Ramir Johnson—is he going to come back and mm-hmm. play? It sounds like he wants to. Yep. You know, you've you've now got uh, Nick Henrich. I don't know if he's going to continue his football career. He tore his ACL, but he could technically come back for another year if he wanted to. Um, you know, a Turner Corcoran, right? Is, yeah. Is he gonna? Is he going to continue playing? There's lots of those guys on the team. I'm not even hitting all of them mm-hmm. that are involved. Uh, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda could technically come back. And continue to play. That's right. So,
2: what, what do things look like with, with your specialists? You feel good about the future of going, okay, got through a season with a freshman kicker, but he still ended up 109th in field goal percentage mm-hmm. in in college football, going yep. 9 for 15 on the year, and missed a couple down the stretch that would have at least had you tied or different situations late in games. Your punting situation with Brian Buschini, um, you go through... Uh, you, you had Billy Kemp as your main punt returner. You had Ramir Johnson, at least initially, as your main kick returner. What does your return game look like? Is, is there is there a weapon that's out there, or do you feel good about someone coming in, or is it one of the freshman wideouts in, during the offseason? Maybe Jaden Doss, may, maybe Jalen Lloyd. Like, it, What do you want to do with a lot of these positions where you feel like, if, if you look at the season as a whole, uh, the the defense gets a thumbs up, not two thumbs up because there were times where it was like, I know you were out there for for a lot of snaps, but uh, end of the Iowa game, you got
1: gashed for a run that made it a chip shot field goal uh, instead of a longer field. That's goal. what I, I mean. That's how, what I was alluding to. Defense looks great almost the entire year. A drive against Minnesota, a drive against yeah. Maryland, a drive against Wisconsin, a drive or overtime against Wisconsin, and a drive against Iowa. Yeah. All were probably their biggest slips up of the year. But it just happened to be the biggest moment. Every single one of them.
2: Yeah, you go through. So you get one thumb up for for the uh, as we're doing our I guess movie critic rankings. God, yeah, yeah, yeah. One thumb up for the for the defense. One thumb down for special teams because you didn't know what was happening on either side of punt or punt return, and then inconsistency in, in your field goal game. Uh, you got a couple of field goal blocks, which are nice. Uh, ranking what like second in the in the country in field goal blocks. Uh, but then when you go to the offense, two thumbs down. Because, like, yes, you had some explosive plays, and your offensive line took huge steps forward compared to expectations. But the turnovers, mm-hmm. you you end up second to last in the country in turnover margin and dead last in turnovers. Right. So, like, there there are so many things that when you look at it, you you got to get some stuff cleaned up. I think some of that's transfer portal. Some of that's just another year with the coaching staff.
1: And I'm excited. You know, but listen, I'm ex- I've seen enough good things from rule and this staff generally. I'm excited to see what they do next year. But I will continue to say this this uh, wilting in late moments over a over years. It's a thing. It is a thing that needs to be addressed and met head on and i think rule tried to do that during this year but mm. wasn't it wasn't successful obviously so that's something that's got to be a part of of the off season and into this season and a real focus going into next year all right we'll take a break it's seven twenty four.
4: gotta check sports coming up next on klin waiting on a tax return hopefully it ends up in your hands fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30 percent in 2023 if you're in a bind this tax season lifelock can help
0: five things you'll be talking about today this is the morning drive presented by stonebridge insurance and wealth management on 1499.3
3: klin
1: yes let's count them down shall we starting with
0: number five
3: husker volleyball playing uh, at home for the next couple of weekends top overall seed in the ncaa tournament other number ones are stanford wisconsin and Pitt. Number one seeds will lose the first two weekends of the NCAA tournament. Semifinals and finals taking place then in Tampa Bay. Uh, Caleb,
1: we haven't talked real extensively about this yet. I thought Nebraska got as good a draw as anyone could have hoped for. And I guess that's what goes along with getting the number one overall seed. And specifically what I mean by that is they ended up on one side of the bracket and Wisconsin... Stanford, the top, you know, obviously the the clear two and three throughout much of the season, uh, ended up on the other. I guess you can throw Texas; they ended up on the other as well. Texas has some losses, but obviously they've got a big history in the NCAA tournament, and that's not to, you know, Nebraska may have to face Kentucky. They may, ha- I mean, they may have to face Florida here in the third round. Um, they they may eventually have to f- face Pittsburgh. But I'll tell you what; I think Wisconsin and Stanford are. Are the ones that are going to be the toughest test, and they'll have to get through each other before they get to Nebraska. So I think that's a benefit. Yeah, I, it just I was I, I was pleasantly surprised by how well the path is set out for Nebraska and how much that being a top overall seed benefited them.
2: Yeah, as long as you're in the top four and you get a host, that that's already a benefit because think about it: Nebraska has not lost a home match all season. Uh, the only loss came at Wisconsin, so you don't want to go on the road somewhere. And then being the top overall seed meant you're going to miss the, the two and the three, the, technically the number two and the number three overall, a couple of the other number ones. Yep. where That's where you miss Stanford Stam- in Wisconsin. Stam- Stanford, yep. And if the top seeds win out, uh, this would be Nebraska's path for over the course of the tournament. This weekend, Long Island and Missouri. Next weekend, Florida and Kentucky. And then Pitt in the final four. And then Stanford or Wisconsin in the championship, and like you had already mentioned, that's also the side of the bracket that's got super dangerous Texas in it. Right, those teams all have to beat each other up before Nebraska would potentially play any of
1: them. Texas, Oregon, Penn State, yeah, all all there. Uh, and by the way, you know Pittsburgh's there, but I wouldn't be surprised if if Nebraska's got to get through Louisville, yeah, maybe in in Lincoln uh, to to go to the the final four if they're if Nebraska's still alive at that point which I think you'll know, interesting things along the way though as, as you mentioned uh, especially that second weekend could have Mary Beeson going against her old old team mm-hmm. a week from a week from Thursday or Friday depending on when it's held and then you could have a rematch with Kentucky uh, in the in what would be the elite eight yes at that at that point who came into Lincoln earlier this year and Nebraska beat but it was a tough match uh, I think they dropped a set. In, in that one as well. So, and then the other thing to mention is, you know, Nebraska representation, the state's representation as a whole. Creighton's hosting uh, a first and second round, and they're going to have an interesting matchup with either Utah State, who Nebraska beat earlier this year, or Minnesota in the second round. They're going to try and get into the Sweet 16 and challenge Louisville there in that part of it. And then Omaha from uh, uh, from volleyball day in Nebraska to yep. the stadium all the way to the NCAA tournament. They're going to Lawrence, Kansas. Take on the four seed Kansas and if they would get by them, they likely have Penn State in the second round. So tough matchups, but but cool to see both. But, of those but teams you're there. You've
2: you've got all three Division One teams from the state in the NCAA tournament. Two of them are hosting. So when when you go on a hey, what what percentage of your Division One teams are in the tournament or what percentage of your state's division one teams are hosting at least in the first two rounds? Nebraska's really high up there, guys. Yeah. And then Coach John Cook—you, you, you heard it in sports. Uh, you'll hear it again in my next sports cast as well. He's really proud of that fact.
1: How many one seeds make the final four? I think three. I I'll have go, a hard time not seeing
3: three. I'll
2: go with two. Really? Give me two. Our I tic- think Louisville
3: can make it over Pitt,
2: but that's the only.
3: one. Our tickets really are available there.
2: now. Uh, you got to go. <laughs> You already have to go through the secondary market. They sold out, and I got a message from somebody six minutes after they went on sale. I didn't even realize it had been. They were gone. Uh,
3: Are uh, they at Devaney or PBA? They will be at Devaney
1: for all of these, yep. Uh, And by the way, glad to see that the games are uh, Friday night, not not any of these afternoon start times that you can sometimes have with the NCAA tournament. Yep,
2: so Um, so Nebraska play Long Island Friday at 7 o'clock. And we will have that here on KLIN and over on B107.3. And then on they win that, and they'll take on Missouri or Delaware Saturday, also at 7 o'clock, that on B107.3. And if you're looking to watch them, they are streaming only ESPN+. All
3: right, moving on. Number four. 1.1 inches of snow Saturday, 68 crashes that LPD uh, responded to, six of them injured, accidents. There were another uh, three or four on Sunday, but first snow of the season, and the body shops are busy.
1: I'm not surprised, because as we pointed out, we point out every winter, that first time that you get any real winter weather, that always is an issue, but Saturday night wasn't just the typical, you know, for a little bit of snow, a little bit of slick. That was really bad out there uh, in in portions of the City Saturday. I was coming back from Omaha, and I got to 84th Street, and... First time that I braked for a stoplight, I said, "Whoa, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to stop very easily here." And there was a big accident that we had to go around, uh, go around that K- KFC, Long John Silver's, and I tried to turn back onto 84th Street. SUV had a red light going the other direction and slid right through. Luckily, I would didn't didn't go too quickly, or I might have had a collision there. It was it was bad. So I'm not surprised that that LPD was so busy on Saturday. It was uh it was crazy. But we got the snow now mostly melted. Uh we were gonna see a lot of sunshine this week. Not like overly warm weather, but temperatures in the forties and fifties. And really gets
3: nice next week.
1: Yeah, and then next week it looks like <laughs> yeah. I the right now the uh eight to fourteen day outlook that looks into like the first week and a half of December is nice. in the maroon basically. Yeah. Uh for, for a bunch just, of Nebraska.
3: Yeah, it just makes you wonder if we're going to just average out to like <laughs> January, February that's or, just... Or
1: it makes you wonder if it's just going to be one of those winters. What, to, like you had two years ago where it really never... You kept saying, oh, it's going to come, it's going to get us. And basically all that came was kind of a crappy march. Uh, basically, had, a crappy, had, rainy March. We, we have like that 12, comes.
3: two, three days that were bitterly cold, but that was about <laughs> it. <laughs> that,
1: that, that
2: winter two yeah. years
3: ago was crazy.
1: Now
2: the the roads, like you guys said, were no fun in town. They they weren't really all that great on seventy seven between Beatrice and here. Oh, but I'll, I'll tell you what I did like about this snow for our family because of some health. My grandfather and my grandmother they've moved into an assisted living, so this was the last year that we we were able to all get together at their house for what we call thanks miss because we're not going to be able to get together around christmas as a big group we're across several different states now with all the cousins and aunts and uncles so it was the last christmas even that that we're set, we got to celebrate at that house it was a lot of fun to see snow falling down and hang out with my grandparents at yeah. that house one more time yeah
3: that that is and and there was a lot more snow to the south, I mean Manhattan, Kansas got to be got like seven and a half inches. I so. watched that
1: football game yeah. in Manhattan, and it looked like uh, it looked
3: like a blizzard. So, speaking uh, of your uh, grandfather, he's a past potentate at Sesostris and they had their big uh, festival of trees this past year. Yeah, week. W- and was that something? By wild. the
1: way, we we found a lot of old Shriner
2: stuff
3: <laughs> in the garage. We <laughs> got to do the
1: go through all the old stuff, and all the family gets to take some mementos. Yeah, they, they, I bet that was cool. yeah. That's the part
2: that I was talking with uh, with my cousin's husband. And that's the part where we're like, this sucks. But if we, because like none of us want to take any of it. We want it to stay in that house forever. But if we don't, then it's not going to end up with the family. They'll get rid of it, yeah. One cool thing that we found, my grandmother kept a Bible that had been her great-grandmother's. And wow,
3: that goes back a few years. Goes back
2: a few. Now here's this. Something that we didn't know when we named our daughter. We named our daughter Amelia. My grandmother, so Millie's great-grandmother's great-grandmother's first name was Amelia. And you wow. didn't know and that until this weekend? Did not know that till this weekend. It was her Bible. Her and her husband lived in Red Cloud and were friends with Willa Cather. Wow. And there, there are old clippings of donations that they would give to the Willa Cather library. And uh, the write-up saying it was the uh, the Cottings, Amelia and C.L. Cottings personal friends with Willa Catherine and I was like, we didn't know that.
3: Wow. That's, that's amazing. That's super cool. Well, we went to the Festival of Trees Saturday and I managed to uh, point out a picture of your grandfather to my uh, wife, Lisa. He's, <laughs> he's there in the hallways as a passport. <laughs> Did he look yeah. like Caleb? Actually, there is a resemblance.
2: <laughs> there's, there's a little bit.
3: Not it, not uh, the hairstyle. but oh, really?
2: Yeah. Huh.
1: Surprised to hear that. I've
2: also got a couple inches on Granddad. <laughs> that's good.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Number three. While the University of Nebraska is seeking a president committed to advancing diversity, equity, inclusion, and blogging. the flagship campus proposing slashing the budget of its Office of Diversity and Inclusion.
1: I, I know this is going to bring up sort of the the political football of this issue, which is a big one and has mm-hmm. been a big one in state government for you know for a few years, and it goes back to, um, you know, Ronnie Green's tenure here, d- state government legislators, the governor. I understand all of that when it comes up that's discussed but i think this decision is probably more a reality of budgeting than a yep. having than going any direction on sort of the policy of this whole thing because they're as, as you've outlined they're they're doing a bunch of they're doing a I ton think, of cuts i S- think they're student they're teaching assistants I think, lecturers i think
3: they're cutting 30 positions from the faculty
1: aren't yeah they? uh vacant vacant faculty positions that aren't filled nine that are actually filled um, some do include that diversity and inclusion area. Um, there's there's a bunch of bunch of these, and this doesn't even. And then there's the Institute of Ag and Natural Resources, which is absorbing a bunch of the cuts as well. So there's a it's all over the place. And
3: that on the heels after the, the big announcement uh, recently of the uh, uh, USDA research lab that's going to be built innovation campus i yeah. mean that's a 150 60 million dollar project
1: isn't it interesting this fr- the new chancellor comes in and basically i mean this is he's been here for a while but this is this his is his first stuff. this is his first kind of public facing thing uh that that he's got to do make major cuts here at this point so yeah and i'm nobody likes it <laughs> you know nobody nobody wants their their stuff cut but he's got to do it yep
0: Number two. U.S.
3: uh, saw a marked shift from brick-and-mortar online spending during 2023's busiest shopping day, Black Friday. Adobe Analytics says Americans shattered the record online spending Friday with $9.8 billion. That's with a B. Seven and a half percent increase from Black Friday online shopping a year ago.
1: That's crazy. Here's Seven and a half percent increase from last year? Why? Huh. Economy different, more people more people finally just sort of learning the ins and outs of online shopping. Well, I wonder what it
3: is. 79% of the sales were done on mobile devices. Yeah. So you wonder also, if, if there hasn't been a shift just in, in the ease of shopping online. Yeah. All those scams. But that's have- been there for eight years right i mean well yeah but it's a lot easier now i mean some of the apps have really been fine tuned so yeah I it feels se- like that's been a while though it has that's been there.
2: i do feel like i have more shopping apps on my phone than i have in years past so so there's potentially that there sh- also might be if you're looking at online because this was specifically online sales right right I think some of it is people don't like shopping in person a whole lot. I think that's the that's, biggest shift in all of this. Well, and there
3: was a lot more e-marketing being done. I got texts all weekend or yeah. all weekend. I'm still special, getting emails. Yeah, <laughs> emails, but texts and, and all of that. And they're really, really pushing. I, I know a lot of us. I didn't
1: watch this, but I heard about it. And maybe some of you, our listeners watch it, but the Nebraska football and volleyball games are going on. But the Black Friday foot NFL game was on Amazon Prime. Uh, and they apparently personalized all the ads since they had everyone's account and what they were looking for on Amazon. Uh-huh. Personalized all the ads to exactly. Wow. So you got different ads depending on what your search history had been. And not only that, you had an opportunity right at the end of the ad to buy right there. QR code. Yep. You can go ahead and just buy it you right know what? then and there. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I don't
2: need all the other pills and stuff that happens during the football I, game. I need to look for kids' stuff to buy to for your,
1: To your point, though, about people not as like, br- liking brick and mortar as much, and maybe that's just moving... I, I went out on Black Friday morning just kind of for fun with my daughter to go to some of the stores and do a little shopping, because she enjoys that, and mm-hmm. we wanted to get out. And it was like all of the places were overstaffed, like they were all expecting... A bigger crush of people than they actually got. A lot got. of people
3: getting ready for the game though too Friday. That's
1: true too. I know. I just wanted to pass the time and make the game come faster, and in the end, I regretted that because of the because of the relentless sadness that it brought into my
3: life. <laughs> just remember though wow. that some of the brick and mortar stores have actually got sales and specials in the store that are not Sometimes. online, right. and they are even more uh, beneficial to you.
2: Here's a good point from Shane on the text line says. Uh, brings up that it could just be higher prices on items. How much does that go towards that record number of dollars being sold? That's true. They, Seven,
1: everything just yeah, costs you're right. a little 9.8 bit. 9.8 billion is the 7.5% increase. That's true. That could
3: factor into a good, good point by Shane. Yep, 3 4% of that is inflation. Yep. Oh. So. Number one Truck Norris, Darth Blader, Plowforce One. Three of the 25 finalists and the name that snowplow from LTU oh my god so we go okay I'm going through oh. them really really fast so quick reactions
1: anti shell. okay Austin Plowers inappropriate <laughs> Beat old juice the, the beet brine or whatever it is no eh. no big frosty no eh. blizzard of Oz mm.
3: eh. If you're in Kansas,
1: Cleopatra. Okay, I like that. Yeah, we're working Thumbs there. Thumbs up on that one. Darth Blader. Okay. Optimus Brine. Yeah, I'll take <laughs> it. Yeah, that'll work. Mr. Salty. Just, uh, just old Mr. Salty. Plow Force One. Uh, Plowasaurus Rex. No. <laughs> and of course, Plowy, McPlow, Plowy McPlowface. <laughs> Plowzilla. Polar Express, Salty McBride, s- <laughs> Scoop Dog, <laughs>
5: okay, okay, yeah, go
1: Senor Push, Sir Plows a lot. Snow, big deal. Snow problem. Snow, big red. Snow Mater.
3: Yeah, Th- I like that one.
1: Thaw Patrol, <laughs> <laughs> Truck Norris, and Winter Soldier.
3: Lincoln.ne.gov slash name that snowplow. How many winners are
1: there?
2: And the, eight. You eight can, eight you out can, of these 25. The you... biggest snub for a finalist,
3: Laney
1: Snowboy. Uh, sad. I'll take Scoop Dog as my best in show. I so, like so I far. like
2: Scoop Dog. Yeah,
3: I like Truck Norris. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, it's seven fifty five. That's it for you. Oh, by work. the way, those yes. are all posted at KLIN.com right, If you che- want to go,
1: check them out.
2: You thought can do that.
3: Patrol
1: a sneaky one? Click <laughs> to vote there. Uh, <laughs> all right, it is seven fifty six. That's brought to you by the way by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on Klin.
0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. morning radio for the entire capital city. This is K Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. I start walking your way, you start walking mine. We meet in the middle.
1: You know, next year we can't let Fantasy Huskers impinge on the Tim Ruse theme song from Country Great's Diamond Rio. It's uh, too good. Uh, it's yeah, back.
8: Just, Tim, it's back. I was just going to comment about how sad and surprising that was. <laughs> I, just, I just did not expect it. Like, I did not expect it's, it. I mean, it's been since August,
1: so I can... I can. Tim wants his Mariah back. Yeah, well...
8: Oh, man. Sweet, sweet fantasy, baby. <laughs> yeah, no.
1: The, several months, several months off from Mariah. We'll, we'll see. But, you know tim i just think emotionally we could all use at least a few weeks if not months off from uh the kind of weekends like we've been having i know i could i shouldn't speak for anyone else Um,
8: diamond rio did make me smile that's good probably a lot more than mariah might have
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's good I'm, i'm uh i'm glad to glad to hear that is the case um Let's uh let's see let's get into a a couple of the stories that have been making news here this week. Um one that I think kind of came up uh after we had your normal spot last Monday and was at the beginning of last week but we haven't talked about yet is some news about the uh so-called epic option consumption tax initiative. This is the this is the ballot initiative that would get rid of Uh, All of the taxes, but consumption taxes uh, and also get rid of sales tax exemptions that exist right now. The news that came out last week was were that um, they apparently are starting to use professional signature gatherers, although it sounds like the 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 funds that they've got right now are not super significant, according to some of the uh, the filings that have been done there. Uh, the, the, the thought is that I've heard several people say that, hey, this is going to take like a million dollars for them to be able to do that. They're not there yet. How I guess my question for you is, and, and I don't know if you have a sense of it or not, but how well funded will they be? How well funded can they be to make this something that's got uh, got a chance to actually get on the ballot in, in November?
8: Well, yeah, last week or end of the week before was the plea for donations, right? So you're asking for the popular support for your pet project that you're working on. Um, they went out and asked the public. But I think and there's some comments in the the Nebraska Examiner piece on it, and, you know, there's a lot of talking in our world. And I think I, you and I might have talked off the air, if not on the air, several weeks ago. But there is. There is discussion that they've got a backer, and I just it – it's unclear who that might be or whether or not it's real. Um, but there is discussion that, that you have a backer for kind of this effort. And you you, you might remember this with, like, the – sort on the cannabis petitions before, but a lot of times when you run these things, you kind of get kind of a guarantor. You get somebody or a couple of folks who say, look, fine, we'll support the effort. We've got the money. And then you go out, raise what you can raise, and as you need it, we'll – We'll make sure that we make you whole, and here's our budget, here's what we're going to do. I don't know if that's a situation where it's happening here. Um, there's some speculation. I think there's one person on the record in that piece that kind of said, hey, traditionally, so, so the big thing that is clear, Jack, is that they have hired a national petition circulator yes. company, um, one with experience, one that's done, done stuff nationally in other states across the country and had success. And I think somebody commented in that, uh, sort of a Politico commented on the record there that said, hey, look, you don't usually sign that agreement or or lock that national funder or that national company down without some sort of money, right, or guarantee or or backer that says, I'll, I'll make sure I get this thing paid for. Um, and so I think there is some speculation that they have, they have at least somebody behind the scenes that's willing to fund them and that this is kind of the unrolling or the unveiling of, hey, we're, we're doing this for real and we need we need donations from folks to show support. Because you know as well as I do too, Jack, that one of the ways that you attack a, an effort like this is to say, this isn't something Nebraskans want, this is out-of-state money or it's money coming from one person, not, you know, nebraska Nebraskans themselves and so there's some of that that happens with these sort of campaigns as well um but i'll tell you it is not clear whether that's all done and if if they do have somebody who's pledged money or said that they'd, they'd cover the difference or whatever and who knows who knows where it goes or if this is just kind of the next step in the evolution of this ballot petition initiative by the people who really want to see this thing done
1: do we do we have any sense of how the governor either has or would react to this policy proposal?
8: I do not know whether he is on record on epic. I'm trying to think if I've ever seen it. I don't th-
1: I haven't before. seen it. So um uh, it seems like that would be kind of a a big deal going forward with I, this.
8: <laughs> yeah, like where where he would fall on it. Um I'll tell you that like from from the from the political standpoint, I think there's a lot of folks that have just real hesitation about doing this, right? Like it is a pretty big sea change in terms of how government operates, how Nebraska would function. Um, taking away, I, I am. <laughs> you've heard me. You've heard me talk about this over the years, both on air and off air, Jack. But I am a big skeptic of the property tax system and just kind of how it impacts people across the board. Um, Personally, especially for residential homes and people paying for the the roof over their head, but I'll tell you, like it is one thing to one thing to be frustrated with kind of how that continues to increase and how much of a burden it is. It's another thing to say all you know, all in a hundred percent, we're we're going to keep providing services of government um, and do it without property and income taxes. And I think. I think there's a lot of hesitation on kind of how that might upend the system and how how that might force us to change some things. Maybe not uh, for the better, like, like everybody thinks it might be. Um, schools, I mean, schools would be funded by a collection of a consumption tax or sales tax paid into the state and then paid back out to schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that gets kind of dicey, especially in the rural areas. You, you remember how the state looked. And Tom Osborne may have may have lost his bid for yeah. governor <laughs> over his support for consolidating rural schools. That's right. Um, and you start to take money into Lincoln, and then having Lincoln decide how it's going to be doled out, and they got to make some hard choices about who's getting, who's staying open, and who's not. And that's a whole different conversation, I think.
1: Another interesting
8: than people are, are ready for.
1: I was just going to say another thing that be that'll be interesting on on this if it you know, has some momentum in 2024 is the people who stand to lose sales tax exemptions, who are they and how are they going to factor into the sort of the discussion and whatever advocacy happens with this?
8: Yeah. I mean, sales tax exemptions for the professions, right? So things, things that were, that aren't taxed right now, that would be taxed. But then also, Jack, and this is a conversation that comes up in my world all the time, sales taxes generally are pretty regressive, right? So if you want to talk about like tax policy, who's paying the taxes, The when you start to tax more services and things that people use, a lot of those things aren't necessarily always choice spending, right? So if we start talking about, and that's this is a big question under the EPIC proposal, but if we start talking about taxing food purchases, um, those are things that people need to live on, right? Like, you can have, we can quibble over whether you need to have soda or whether you need candy and those sort of things, and that's why, why that gets brought into the sales tax conversation. But what people are – the fact that people need to eat gets pretty regressive when you start taxing then people who have, you know, less money, right, that need to eat are, are going to spend about the same amount of food as somebody who has more money, and that's where we start talking in tax policy about regressive tax policy um, over, you know, the kind of the more – the different structure we have now um haircut you know accounting services those sorts of things that, that aren't necessarily subject to tax now but do we start taxing them we would under epic probably um i know the bill in lb 79 that senator erdman introduced would say we're not taxing groceries but the constitutional amendment doesn't say that so you kind of have this one-two punch of you got to pass the constitutional amendment and then trust the legislature to come in and pass the bill like like they want it to be passed without any changes um, and it's, it's it takes two moves here right on the chessboard it's not just a single voting issue to, to know what we're going to get in the in the wake of this thing if it goes on and gets passed
1: let's shift gears a little bit. Um we we've talked earlier in the show about some decisions on cuts that uh at the university of nebraska uh the the new chancellor is is having to make and you know obviously there's you're not gonna nobody's gonna like cuts that are made but man how about this this chancellor being in a position where the first thing you know the first real public facing thing he's doing is just having to slash millions of dollars uh and positions at the university it's just it's a man not not an easy job i'm sure here getting into that right away
8: i imagine that it. It is not the sunshine and rainbows that you hope you're getting when you take that big step to yeah. from kind of the position that he had, had been in before to the chancellor's position at a major Big Ten university. Um, but it's also just the reality of higher education in in the state of Nebraska right now. Um, Lincoln's doing its round of cuts. That I think this first round is twelve million dollars. I'm shooting from the top of my head. Um, I think there's probably going to be more coming to Jack, but like, you got to get to a, I think it's 58 million total. Uh, my alma mater is just coming off of a couple million dollars in cuts. Um, that's UNK. Of Christensen out, out at UNK, I just announced and submitted to the board. I mean, they they're, they just eliminated the entire theater program at UNK. Which, wow. you know, as a as a former alum, I spent some time. I didn't major in theater, obviously, which may be the problem, right? Uh, people people do it, but they don't major in it. But I, you know, I participated, and people participate in it as an extracurricular, and that department's gone um, under these cuts. So Lincoln's looking at it. I know there's a there's a story this morning on kind of the diversity and inclusion. Stuff, um, and how they're they're cutting that and going to try to incorporate it in the colleges, but mm-hmm. you know, positions not being filled and and then some eliminated too will make a huge difference. And then there, you know, there may be more coming. Like I said, you got to get to a pretty big number there at that fifty-eight million or whatever it is.
1: Yeah, like. yeah. And
2: and
8: not ca- a fun not a fun way to start things off. Your first. No. On campus.
1: And of course, this all happening still while, you know, they're, you know, the final weeks of a president um, who had had his maybe his final super public facing act be signing the contract with Trev Alberts. It is a, a significant one from a different pot of money than than the general uh, than the general education funding that goes on in the taxpayer funds. But, yeah, it's just it's a lot right now. It, it's a lot right well, now there.
8: And, yeah, I mean, you're right to notice that there's a headline on, I think it was Friday morning, maybe, um, that looking kind of at that whole reality, right? Like, on one side of the university and the academic side, you've got this major shortfall that they're trying to cut their way toward fixing or addressing. And on the other side, you've got a $460 million Pain. Yeah. Um, while while kind of the uh, foundation is also undertaking, I think maybe a billion dollars. I don't remember what the total is in that, but you have some major fundraising efforts on on one side of the university, and you got some huge cutting going on on the other side, and like the juxtaposition and the clash there. Just like you know, you, you and I know, and, and I think people who are well in tune realize the athletic department operates separately and it's a different entity, sort of. I mean, still works the university and augments the university with funding. But I don't know if, like, the general public kind of gets that. So there's a little bit of a story, I think, that probably needs to be told to make sure people understand, like, yes, we're raising funds over here, but it's for something different, and here's the value, and here's the here's the value proposition of that investment versus right. the cuts that are going on. It's just really hard. It's a really hard thing to go through right now.
1: Uh, last last question I have for you, and uh, one of the other things making news is the governor's executive order about bringing people back from working at home. And obviously, there's a lot of discussion everything about that. Are you? I guess my question for you is: being close to state government, are you hearing that there have been services impacted, or um, you know, taxpayers? unhappy with, with services that they're getting from the state not being in person or understaffed in person or or anything like that. I, I'm just wondering if this is a response to anything specific or if it's just kind of a principal thing.
8: Yeah, I don't know. Um, I do think it was, it, it was sort of unexpected. I don't know that anybody saw this kind of a public um, approach to it coming. Um, obviously, there's, you know, Jackson's COVID hit, and even before that, the work toward or the, the trend toward work from home or hybrid work environment that sort of started. COVID thrust people into that. I still think that the business community generally is, is sort of struggling with what's going on in terms of the production that you get out of folks when they're 100% home versus hybrid. Um, I know I have friends that have been working from home 100%. Since COVID and even even recently, some of them have gotten notices saying, hey, we kind of want you in the office one or two days a week. Um, And so there is some of that going on in the private sector. Maybe it's just a response from the governor in terms of seeing that happen in the private sector. And we want to see more of that happening at the state government. I sure haven't heard or seen anything from from legislators or from, you know, in the news or anything like that where folks are, are pointing it out. But I also, and I, I just don't know this answer. I don't know how much work from home we allow in state government. Right. So mm-hmm. um in those state agencies, whether it's, you know, health and human services or the department of transportation or any of those state agencies, that the governor would, would oversee and have be able to kind of direct in that area. I don't know what the percentage is like, it doesn't, it just is not something that gets super talked about. So maybe, <laughs> maybe they have challenges and uh, he's responding to that. It was, maybe it also is too just a, another effort to signal that, look, COVID's over. We want things to be back to normal. Um, this is an area where we have not really made that move and we want to make a, a more public facing effort and then also an internal effort to review and move people back there. It's, it hasn't been without pushback. Um, obviously, the, the Public Employees Association, the Union um, has made its comments. you've seen Senators that have commented yep. on it publicly and i I just i don't know for sure what it means in terms of how many folks this affects um, and in what areas yeah
1: well, uh, maybe we'll be finding more out and maybe the union uh, takes some action on this and and we'll see all right, hey, good to talk to you, Tim. Uh, back to the Diamond Rio. Uh, for several months now, so soak it in. I
8: miss Mariah
1: uh, All right, we'll talk to you next week. There's Tim Haruza, dogging Nebraska news and politics with us. Say 26 Sports next on KLIN.
0: You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. You know, in some
1: ways... I dreaded this segment, not because of who the guest is, but because of what the content is. But then I remembered one thing that we do need to rehash for the weekend, Caleb, is the Friday Husker tailgate, which the season is now over. There will be no more Friday Husker tailgates. Friday Husker tailgate pick standings. Caleb, oh, yes. could, could you notify us? Uh, by, by the way, hello, Mike. How are you doing?
7: Well, I'm I'm listening with anticipation to see if I'm in last place. Your day's about to get worse. Mike, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know.
2: I would say worse. Mike, you did pick up three points with getting Florida State as a winner, Washington State covering, and then Iowa. That got you three points, enough to tie me, as I only got Iowa, did a whole lot of chasing, and it didn't work. Chasing. um. Kevin, still out front, got Wisconsin, Northwestern, Florida State, and Michigan for four points to get him up to 50 total. You and I tied at 42. Jack got Wisconsin, Northwestern, Florida State, Michigan, Iowa, and got the score perfect for the Nebraska-Iowa game. That gave him nine points to propel him into second place with 46.
1: Finish strong. Finish strong is what I always say.
7: I'm really happy for him. (laughs) Truly if there's anyone in life that needed this sort of pick me That's up a on a good point this. yes it's true it is uh it's our our friend jack and- so <laughs> i'm I'm very happy for him
1: and I'm, I'm glad Caleb notified me of that because otherwise I might not have been able to gloat about no, it. No, you would have just have,
2: assumed you got last. Pro-
1: yeah, I probably would have <laughs> with with, uh, with that whole thing. Um, I wanna I wanna talk mainly about the future, Mike, just because talking about the past depresses me. But holy cow, did did I predict exactly what was gonna happen in that game? <laughs> and that's oh, not me not me patting myself on the back. i seriously, it's not. Ah. It's just. I can't, listen, I would much, It is. there's no level of happiness of me being right about that, but it's a real thing. It is a real thing now, which is clenching up in the last minute when you've got to make one play to win the game and not being able to. It's a thing, and they've got to get over it for next year, and I don't know how they get over it for next year. Thoughts?
7: Well, I mean, it definitely feels like it's just in the fabric of the program at this point in time, and um, like you, I mean, I I certainly didn't have the the eloquent uh, the eloquent soliloquy that you had on on Friday's show, in which you sort of perfectly laid out how everything was going to go. And then in the moment, I, I guess for me on Friday, I did not really think Nebraska was going to win that game up until that interception, and that was like the first time where I was like, "Man, they might actually do this." And then, of course, you know. So. <laughs> yep. The the ferdy uh interception pretty much eradicated that. Followed by that like twenty yard run was just like such an ultra gut punch when you realize that Iowa needed each and every one of those yards to make that field goal at the very oh, end. Yep. So mm-hmm. you know there so was that. But yeah, it's going to be a uh, going to be a, a long uh, off season. It's going to be a tough off season. I think. I think a lot of people have pretty much fallen in the. Uh, we just don't think this is going to happen anymore phase. And that, that apathetic phase is going to be very difficult, I think, uh, for the Nebraska Athletic Department. I think selling tickets is going to be really hard for next mm-hmm. year. I think Matt Rule is really going to have to uh, to drum up support. Uh, I think he's going to get the full, the full feeling of the Nebraska Fish Bowl and what it's like around here when things are no longer, uh, you know, well, let's see what this guy can give us. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. I wish I had better news. But, no, you know, I, I don't. It's, it's that's where it,
1: we're at. It has been. It, 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 it's not only just like diminishing returns for emotional investment into it. It's not just like you don't get the payback. It's that you get a groin kick in return <laughs> just over and over. You know, it, it's crazy. It's crazy that that this fan base, that everybody associated with the program, I mean, I, I, I legit feel bad for everyone having gone through this, that has dedicated any kind of emotional capital to this because it is cruel and unusual what the fan base has been through and now gets to sit on for several months. I mean, Mike, the craziness of it all, you were outlining how the end of that game went. It mirrors so much what happened against both Maryland and Minnesota where Nebraska had the chance to win the game, committed a turnover, the the defense still had the chance to hold on and either send it to overtime or or win the game, and in every case the defense had inexplicable breakdowns that they didn't have the entire game before that. I mean, and then and then they got the field goal as time ran out. All three of those, it was the exact script. How excruciating is that? I mean, it's it's, it's incredible.
7: Incredibly excruciating because it just feels like if everything has to be a coin flip, why are you always on the wrong side of it when it matters? Yes, yeah, and that's kind of how Nebraska football feels. Now, it's, there's also other answers that you can give about how when you play in such a way that the margins are so thin that you have to be really good at things, and Nebraska was just merely pretty good on defense and okay on special teams and bad on offense, and that's just not a recipe where you're going to pull a win. of wind. You know, in in those sort of situations. You think about all three of those games, the kicker never missed. Like, you know, we talk about college kicking all the time and Tristan Alvano had an opportunity to put Nebraska up thirteen to ten in the fourth quarter and he missed. And that's just like that's just Nebraska football. Like that is uh that's just kind of where things are. Your opponents don't miss when it matters. You miss when it matters. You make the mistake. They don't make the mistake. When yep. they make the mistake, you make the mistake over top of it. Yep. So there's, you know, there's a psychological element to all of this that Matt Rule is going to have to address too. And I think a lot of it, you know, and a lot of his overwhelming positivity, I think, is geared towards that. It's towards to, you know, continuing to, uh, to stay in the fight and addressing it. And the, the problem that he faces, at least to me in the outside perspective here, is that the the apathetic nature of the fan base, like the, it's so late in the process for Nebraska. I mean, they're now, what, seven years into just losing mm-hmm. that it's, it's going to fall on a lot of deaf ears. Like it's just the rhetoric isn't going to be enough. Like there, there have to see. Be, it. Yeah. There, there has to be results. And the hard part is. You just left the part of the year where you get to see results. Now the rest of it is how you can yep. spin the narrative, yep. whether that's through the media, whether that's through your own content that you put out there, you know, whether that's who you choose to promote and talk about in your, in your interviews. I mean, so it's a it becomes like this carefully curated part of the year, but none of that really truly will matter. All that's going to matter is when they start playing games in 2024, and no one's going to have any idea how this is going to go. And you're going to rely on recent history, which tells you Nebraska is going to come up short. Like it's just a really tough self fulfilling prophecy in Lincoln right now.
1: Right, and it's not, and it, and it's not just. When we, it, you alluded to it, I think with the field goals too. It's, it's not just that the offense came up short, although they did. But it was like in all of those games, it was a little bit of everything. Every unit, it was every offense, defense, chance. special teams, and game management in all three of them. Right, no. all felt the pressure. They all felt that no one looked calm and col- no one ever looks calm and collected in the, in the moment when one play has to be made. Um, it, it's just, I mean, I, it's a, it sounds brutal to say, but that is exactly how this, this thing looks. And I think we'll try to address it head on. And I think it's harder to address than I think he or we realized. Um, yeah. And, and, and it doesn't mean there aren't individual, it doesn't mean that individual offense, you know, individual things need to be done. But until that big thing is fixed. The individual playing ninety nine percent of the game well and getting to the one percent when it matters and not playing that well. None of those individual things, those micro things, can be can be fixed effectively until you fix the macro thing. In my opinion,
7: well, and then the the part that I find most challenging and the part that you know really going to either bum some people out or others are going to say, "I told you so." The fact that Nebraska lost. So decidedly on the sidelines in terms of coaching in the month of November, mm-hmm. you know, like I felt like Matt Rule, part of the, the hire of Matt Rule is you're getting a veteran coach that's been in all of these situations, understands how to push the right buttons, knows, you know, from a strategy standpoint, how he wants to attack things and address things and do things. And it just felt like Nebraska lost way too much on the sidelines in November. And the Big Ten is a coaching conference, right? Like Mm -hmm. You you know, we saw this with Scott Frost. You can get out-coached in a hurry, and it doesn't necessarily mean that they have so much more talent. It's just that what they put together game plan-wise and what they force you to do and how you react to it, that's all exposed on Saturdays. It's not a great sign, you know, because you don't know. That doesn't necessarily just improve. Matt Rule's a veteran coach. Like, I don't know that he's going to change his strikes a lot. But I was thinking that he would give you an advantage on Saturdays on the sideline. And right now, after the first year, and again, you only have one year of evidence. Yep. It didn't feel that way when you feel like you got outcoached by Mike Lockley and Harlan Bennett and, mm. uh, you know, everyone else down the stretch, too.
1: Speaking of former Carolina Panthers coaches, uh, Panthers just fired Frank Reich. So two years in a row <laughs> late in the year Yeah, Panthers coach
7: I, gets I do fired. think. You know, that tells you it wasn't singularly just Matt Rule in Carolina. I think they got a lot
1: of issues. Yeah, apparently one in ten and he didn't And
7: no first round draft pick.
1: Yeah, didn't make it to a twelfth game. Hey,
7: if there's one thing going right
2: for the Bears, it's ready to have two of the top three picks. <laughs> that's true.
7: Yeah. Because if there's one organization that we know that dominates the top of the <laughs> round. Right. Um
1: okay, let I I guess Mike, I, I'm interested in the next few weeks, kind of what are the big questions that you've got in terms of how they'll resolve themselves in terms of whether it's players staying or leaving or whether it's you know, coaches staying or leaving um, or or already getting involved in the transfer portal. What do you think is, uh, what's the big thing you kind of wonder about n- uh, the next few weeks and how it sets the stage for the off season?
7: Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is what is it going to look like numbers-wise. I think they uh, are right in the neighborhood of 26, 27 commits. Uh, you don't have that many guys you know, you didn't have that many walks on on Black Friday. Plus, addition to that, guys that did walk, some are going to be coming back. So, you're going to have some attrition. So, where does that attrition come from? Uh, who is that attrition? What does the roster sort of look like? Who is choosing to stick around and come back for next year? I mean, all of those things are going to get decided in, like, the next 10 days or less. So, there's going to be a whirlwind of activity in that regard. So, tracking that's going to be really interesting. Uh, and that's from the internal component of it, the external component, where does Nebraska go for quarterback? What do they look for quarterback-wise? Yeah. Are they looking for one or two quarterbacks? Are they looking for just a uh, a steely veteran that has a lot of game experience that they can plug in and play for next year and, you know, try to build up what the roster is already around them? Or are they looking for an established quarterback that could be the legitimate best player on their offense? I don't really know. I don't know which route they're going to go. I I think you can make a case. They just need like a Peyton Ramsey type, uh, that Northwestern fell into in 2020, but can never ask to find that right guy. I mean, they whipped last year and, uh, it cost them, you know, in, in 2023, the quarterback situation be unresolved. So those are kind of the big things early on. In addition to that, you know, there could be some coaching movement. Um, and then of course you got the, the actual early signing period here is only three weeks away or. Yeah, three or yeah. four weeks away, December twentieth,
1: I believe. Yeah, twentieth, okay. twentieth. Yep. Yeah, that Wednesday. Yeah. So yeah, a little, a little under a month away, and you'll have an idea of, um, yeah, kind of, kind of what that who's coming through with that recruiting class then, and what the numbers are going to look like there as well. In terms of, I mean, we got the announcement last week, Rob. We talked a little bit about Robinson coming back on the on the tailgate show. It sounds like Hutmaker is coming back. Just knowing that those two are. Are going to and assuming that is the case that they're both those two are going to be there. Does that like we've already talked about sort of the negative and the things that have to be overcome? But how confident are you that this whatever happened this year with the defense is going to be able to continue, especially with those two guys uh, being a part of it?
7: Yeah, I don't have a lot of uh, angst over over the defense in general. I mean, especially those two guys come back. It really comes down to what can they put in that middle linebacker room. Um, you know, to to replace a Reimer and a Henrich, and we'll see what John Bullock chooses to do. And then the corner opposite of Tommy Hill then becomes the next sort of biggest question. And otherwise, they have a lot of depth. And why do they have that depth? Because they played a lot of guys this year. So uh, because of that, I I don't have a lot of angst, you know, with what they're going to do defensively, getting Robinson and, and Hutmaker just would allow you to have so much strength there up front, which is going to be an area of strength, I think, moving forward either way. But certainly having that veteran experience and allowing guys like Man Popple and others to grow in and around it uh, will will definitely pay off for Nebraska in the future as well.
1: How weird is it that going into this next season, when you know we start looking at the preseason magazines and doing position group rankings and those sorts of things, that it'll almost be sh- almost for sure – the strong points for Nebraska are going to be across its lines, offensive and defensive. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's so well, it, it's just a weird place to be in when that just hasn't been the case for so long.
7: The the sort of humorous part of it is so much of this, you know, stems from what Scott Frost is trying to do, uh, where he emphasized the, the lines, you know. I mean, people don't think that because Nebraska was so bad up front on both sides of the ball for several years, but – when they got here, they really emphasized offensive line, defensive line. Well, Ty Robinson, Nash Hutmaker, that's your 2019-2020 classes. Over on the, the other side of the ball, 2020, Turner Corcoran. 2019, uh, Bryce Benhart. 2021, Teddy Prohasco. Like, they're you know, multiple of your starters are going to come from these recruiting classes, and they were guys that you identified as potential starters for you. So, in a way, it should have sort of went like this. The fact that it actually is – Going like that is a credit, I think, to the development from Matt Rule's staff. And really, I feel like uh, you know we're going to have more Donnie Rayola. He was a uh, lightning rod of controversy, yeah. Uh, but I don't, I don't see any reason why he's not coming back for next season. No, I mean his his contract has to be renewed. He is the only coach on a one year deal. Uh, but I I would be sort of surprised if that isn't
1: the case, and and both of the, it feels like both of those positions, and you're going to lose some guys on the offensive line. Uh, newly will be gone, and and we'll see about some of the others. But there's also some depth with new you know young guys that are being brought in, and that's the case with defensive line too, as you referred to. So I think that's why you've got them in this position where you're like, wow, it's that's a strength of the team. And I guess to push back to wrap it up, to push back against everything that we said at the beginning, or at least I said at the beginning about you know skepticism about the ability to get. A- Done. I will say this: that seems like the right way to build going forward, right? For this program, that's exactly what I would want to be saying about where the strengths of the team are after a year into a new coaching staff and how that what that portends for the future.
7: Yeah, I mean the the critical thing in all of this is we have to remember that Matt Rule's only had one year, and his jumps with his teams have always come in years twos and threes. So you have to allow for the idea that there can be positive development because he's done it at other places. And if that happens in the trenches, and it seems to be, then that would be a very good thing to build your team around. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's definitely reasons uh, uh, to, to be positive with it. And the depth that you're talking about, I mean, it's, it's on both sides of the ball. And it's, it's good because a lot of it is sustainable. I mean, they have a lot of younger offensive linemen, too, that are going to be ready to step into roles after next year. And that's going to be helpful to to kind of keep the, the you know peaks and valleys that we would see from Nebraska internally uh, to just sort of keep that from happening. If you can keep it relatively flatline in terms of talent.
1: Well, Mike, next Monday, the, the topic of conversation, either good or bad. And if it's good, it's going to be really good. Is going to be Nebraska basketball when you join us. So
7: yeah, that'll be, uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Hopefully a lot of, a lot of excitement here for, for Sunday's game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously it can go a variety of different ways, but I, I think it's going to be a, a really fun uh, game. I, I truly do.
1: I shouldn't do this. Everything goes wrong. I do this, but if it goes well, it's going to get weird fast. That's all I'm saying.
7: <laughs> <laughs> well, if it goes well, they still have Minnesota. I don't Michigan care. State and Kansas State, so. I'll
1: be. I'll be waiting for the first time in a long time waiting for the AP poll to be released. That's no, saying something. Don't
7: do it. <laughs> Don't
1: do it. <laughs> All
7: don't, right. Uh, don't start looking at net rankings,
1: either. Oh, I have every, I have, I have, have a link to every single computer ranking out there. This it's a daily bad. routine. Daily routine. I don't
7: routine. like it for you. I don't like
1: it. We'll see. We'll we'll check again on Monday. Thanks, Mike. Have a good week. Appreciate your time. All right, guys. Have a good one. Mike Schaefer, Husker 24 7. 8 for 5. Take a break. Wrap up the show after this on
0: KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, that is it. Glad you joined us on this Monday
1: morning recovering from the holiday. We got through Monday. Tuesday is going to be better. Every day is going to be better as well. Are you feeling better? Yeah, I am. And, and, And the end of this week, we're going to be back with Request Line Friday. It's Welcome Back Edition, whatever you want for Welcome Back Edition for Request Line Friday. So, Caleb, I guess have we already had any requests uh we've had people asking
2: if specifically it was going to be open but i
1: think the requests it's, start now it's open i'm calling it welcome back edition i don't really know what that means welcome, so back, interpret welcome it, back interpret it interpret it however back. you want but uh whatever is fine here on this coming request line friday so should be fun all right have a great day everybody we'll see you tomorrow nine o'clock klin lincoln